Welcome to the Land Your Bets Sports Betting Podcast. Coming to you from the West Coast out here, Josh Lander. As you may have noticed, I did just change the name there from Lander Bets to Land Your Bets. Uh, for all those who care, the five of you that uh, needed to know that. Anyway, Dieter's here, senior Hi. writer for the Bay Area News Group. How's it going, Dieter? Oh boy, it's it, it's happening. Uh, it, luckily, there's so much sports news happening in this this period of time. <laughs> I I picked a great time to just go on paternity leave. I'm not sure I would have been writing anyway. So uh, yeah. it, it's nice to it's nice to mentally re-engage with the concept of sports as opposed to just spending four hours a day on fantasy baseball to fill a void in my life. I mean, being here on this podcast talking sports isn't that much different from hanging out with a drooling child who's offering the same level of intelligence, I would imagine. I mean, it, it, it's most of my like letters to the columnist have the same sort of general tone as my daughter just babbling and trying to steal knives off the table. Perfect. That, the fatherhood in a nutshell. I will say, uh, dear someone who I, I believe you can talk without, you know, necessarily the, a, a ton of impetus. So, like, it was good to have you on during a slow time, right? You can, like, fill some time with me here. Oh, yeah. I believe the, the clinical term was full of shit, but, uh, you know. <laughs> that's, that's what the, the doctor would tell you. I, I will yeah. just give you uh, a bit of credentials here. You are a senior columnist, like I said, for the Bay Area News Group, yep. formerly of Fox Sports and SB Nation. Yep. Formerly yep. of KMBR, but also back as a radio host on the Sports Leader. I exist there. Can't get rid they, of them. They can never fully get rid of me. They can never fully bring me on. <laughs> well, I'll send this to them after we're done here. Uh, for awesome. Rocha, ferociously providing what I would call uh, intelligent let's, and creative uh, analysis, discourse. Oh, I appreciate that. Right, when it comes to the Bay Area news. These teams out here that we're talking about, the Warriors, uh, the 49ers, and the Giants, those gigantes. Uh, but we're talking yeah. NBA here, right? Let me let me ask you though, like, and, and actually let me let me tell you the everybody here the most impressive of your credentials and and really why I wanted you to come oh, on to talk NBA. Yeah, what I do when we were at KMBR in 2015 and they won the national championship, did the, the Golden State Warriors? You predicted yeah. and bet upon and Andre Iguodala to be Andre the Iguodala. MVP at like 80 to what? Sometimes the galaxy brain works out, right? Like, and 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 you've known me long enough, Josh, to know that um. I don't operate on hunch. I don't operate on everything is like overly analytical is probably the wrong term, but it's certainly, um, I come in with documents. I got binders, baby. And the Andre Guadalla thing was just the ultimate galaxy brain bet, which is it's a narrative award. Mm -hmm. The Warriors are going to win. It's going to come down to either LeBron is the MVP or the guy who stopped LeBron is the MVP. Kawhi Leonard. So we yeah. played it again, and Andre Guadalla um, bamboozled just enough people <laughs> to, yeah. for me to get over the top on that. I, you know, there have been times, my friend, where uh, where where I have I have delved deep into the sports betting landscape. There have been other times where I realize uh, that that's very stressful and probably not good for my liver. So yeah, uh, happy happy to be dabbling. We'll yeah. just call this a dabble dabbling in and but you, you you bring plenty of insight and and you know what we're going to talk about here on this pod uh, is something that I'm pretty excited for which is the Western Conference Champions Odds Draft. So yeah. introing that real quick, I mean ultimate galaxy brain possibilities here with with how this this market works <laughs> if you will. Um but we're not just looking at who do we think is going to win right. the West. That's that's a more for just a regular sports podcast as opposed to one about betting. So we kind of introduced the idea of of selecting the teams that we think are the best bets based on their the juice that they're getting and where yep. they're sort of placed in, in, in these odds right now. So 
we'll we'll do it in draft style. We'll just kind of go back and forth. You tell me who you like first, and then I'll, I'll say you know whatever I'm, where I'm at with that. Instead of just going cool. down a list, and we'll just kind of go back and forth. No need to to snake draft this thing. Um, right. Talk about the odds. I'll let Dieter go first. <laughs> I, I wanted to I wanted to unveil one quick thing. Um, <laughs> And two quick things, really, because of how we're looking at this. Oh. One is Miami made us look at this type of stuff going forward through two different ranking systems, in my opinion. There's yeah. how good of an 82-game team is this and how good of a 16-game team is this, right? Like, And the Miami Heat were the first team right. to create that paradigm for you? It's from the sense of, like, there could be that much disparity between the two. And, and I mean, whether I'm or not... Pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure the champion the year before... This year's champion proved that paradigm, and uh, yeah. I, I seem to remember a Lakers team uh, not that long ago that proved that paradigm, well, and then but, another like, Lakers team not that long ago. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot of season. I mean, there when you are a, a tried and true team, and they're typically very well coached, established coach teams. So you look at a Steve Kerr, you look at, at an Eric Spolstra. You don't need to prove it to yourself, right? Like, yeah. that's the big difference. With the Nuggets this past year, Michael Malone's a great coach. We, we all knew that. But, like, the Nuggets still needed to prove it to themselves. And they, let's be real, like, they, they, they let their foot off the gas at the end of the regular season. Maybe they had proven enough to themselves, and, and that let doubt creep right. in with everybody else. I'll, I'll step up first in line. I thought that the Nuggets' final 15, 20 games of the season was um, – ample reason to short them turned out that it was just a very short postseason for them because they won it all in <laughs> right tried and true fashion so right um i'm totally with you though like yeah. it is very different it's very different and the way the tournament is structured now i'm not sure if that lends more towards hey you know miami was able to make it as a play-in team last year now maybe teams start viewing that as a viable option as opposed to i would say going into this past season no one thought that you were going to win a championship out of the play. And, and while well, Miami didn't really come terribly close, they were playing for a title. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the Lakers being in the Western conference finals out of the play like that, that mattered too. So I don't know if, if the argument of just getting the tournament and let's see what happens has expanded now, or if it still remains somewhat smaller, which was the initial conceit of top six. And then the play in right. tournament, regardless in the Western conference, I'm not sure beggars can be choosers. This is this is as deep, as comprehensively deep a conference as I remember in my lifetime. So before you um, go further into that, let me yeah. get my segue into the second point, which is perfectly uh, segued, as I said. A lot of people have spoken about the West being better. It's much better. <laughs> I would say you need a bit more nuance than that when you talk about it. Right, like, Agreed. like the West, the floor of the West raised significantly. I don't think mm -hmm. the ceiling got any higher. I don't think anybody mm -hmm. got better at the top of the standings outside of Phoenix. But I don't think that Phoenix raised the ceiling above what the what you know as as good of a team as they're already as their as their number indicates. Right, especially, especially as and the the numbers do do a good job of sort of projecting that it, it, the way that the tiers kind of work within the Western mm -hmm. Conference. And I, I think that's a, a really important dis distinction to make. So let me, let me let's, let, we'll get into the draft so we can get into these teams. And I, I'll read off the the, the numbers real quick. Uh, and this is for conference here. winner or title winner? Conference winner from the West yeah. to win the West. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to yeah. get to that. So Denver is the favorite, plus 250. Phoenix, plus 350. Golden State, 650. The Lakers, 750. 
the Clippers 10 to 1, the Mavs 12 to 1, the Grizzlies 13 to 1, the Pellies 20 to 1, the Kangs 25 to 1, the yep. Team Wolves 35 to 1, and the Thunder 50 to 1. And I am not going to read the last four teams because I don't. Yeah, you can't, you can't do anything with Portland. Right. You can't. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio is there at, yeah. at 100 to 1. Sure. Utah is at 100 to 1. Yeah. Houston at, uh, at 200 to oh, 1. Of I mean, all those, those are, teams, they're not, they're not. Because Houston is two hundred to one, that's the only one that I would be like, I'll, sure, I'll take them over the other four or other three, right? I can't. I mean, like Utah, one hundred to one. I mean, if you want to light some money on fire, you yep. know, maybe you get lucky. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, so, so we'll stick yeah. to, to to these these top uh, twelve, if you will, and and really like the way that they're tiered here is really like Denver, Phoenix, one, Golden State, mm-hmm. LA, two, and I yep. don't really agree with the way they have this the rest of the way to be honest. No. With you, but but let's let's get into to your first team based on the juice and and just unless you want to talk about the tiers real quick because I I think it's interesting. No, I think I think that the tiers are an instructive way to handle this because right. um, we also have to remember with some of these numbers it's not just the odds makers putting down their probabilities. Right. It's also where the action is. So the Lakers are always going to be um, overvalued. Right, like same with the Dallas Cowboys in football. If we're talking Super Bowl futures, yeah, uh, the Lakers at plus seven fifty is a laughable number. The Lakers are not an appreciative. I I know that everyone's talking about Rob Polinka's off season. I'd like to just remind everybody that LeBron James is going to play like forty five games this year, and that's not predicting injury. That's merely stating injury that already exists. If anyone thinks LeBron is there on opening night, they're fools. <laughs> and I, LeBron's not showing up until Christmas, baby. He's on the John Morant suspension bandwagon oh, wow. foot. And uh, and I don't know how often he'll be able to play once he's there. So, yeah, we still, I think, have fair questions about Anthony Davis. I mean, I mean we're just diving into the Lakers. Yeah. Because I just think it's it's the worst number on this board. And <laughs> I think that there's some pretty good values to be had as you get further down. Yeah. I find, I find you know, well, somewhat who, who, of a... I'm putting you two. Who's, who's your, based on that right now, just looking at it, who's your number one? The absolute best value on this board is Memphis. Interesting. Memphis at 13, 13 to one. Um, I can make an argument for the Clippers, but it's the same argument you've always heard, right? Like, of, of course they could. And the James Harden factor needs to be taken into consideration. I'm surprised that they're even on a board. Uh, I would think that any reputable sports book right now would have them as something you couldn't bet. Drafting which we're operating with. It's interesting you should say that because they don't have win totals up for the five teams that are sort of in all yeah. trade discussions. The Clippers, the Blazers, yeah. the 76ers, the Heat, and the Brooklyn Nets because they're also at least in the talks, right? Even though that's just impossible yeah. because Mikael Bridges isn't going anywhere, but that they're right. in there. So... I agree. Memphis, with you. If you talk about win total, Memphis is forty-five and a half right now. This is a fifty-plus win team, and I'd like—I don't—I don't have the number off the top of my head, what? but uh, you know as well as I that the Grizzlies have a preposterous, like, really quizzical, makes you think three or four times record without John Morant. Yep, like they're the best team in the NBA without John. Morant. And so, I, I, I want to dive into that, though, because my thing about Memphis is, is they've had a number of poor, mismanaged roster moves in the last, let's say, three seasons. Once they got this core, basically, yeah. you've got, and, and I include Dylan Brooks in that. Obviously, it's centered around John, Desmond Bain, yeah. and Triple J, and then right. one third big man that that sort of bring, rounds things out. But they've yeah. gotten worse. Like, losing slow-mo is a big deal. Losing the guys that they've lost over the last... I mean, losing Tyus Jones itself is a big deal. You could argue people yeah. wanted to put him as the 16th, 17th best point guard in the league at times. Mm-hmm. 
And that the reason that you can run the same offense, even if it's a, a slightly different style from Jaws, like I can do everything and I'm a black hole, or not, you know, in terms of sucking the defense. I get it, yeah. I mean, yeah, then that, that's a different style, but I, a, a super solid three-point making uh, point guard is a solid backup to create. So all these guys being gone to me, I yeah. don't know that you're going to get the same team that was like 24 and five without Jaws to go, right? I, I'm with you on that, but I'm not asking for 24 and five because that would be absurd. I, I do think that this can be a team that scratches 50 again on the basis of Desmond Bain is a really, really good player defensively. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr., I believe, was the defensive player of the year. It feels to me as if Jaron Jackson Jr. has multiple levels that he can still reach. I mean, he fouls at an absurd rate for the defensive player of the year. Um, Imagine if he had some control in his game, how good he would be. And I look at the way that they've drafted over the last couple of years. You're right. They've lost some really good key players. I would not be stunned at all if the guys that they've been able to draft, they have a really good eye for talent. I'm not going deep. I'm not going to like the Kenneth Lofton crap. I'm talking like Jake LaRavia, the kid out of Wake Forest they drafted a year ago. Like really good player, like and, and it wouldn't shock me though. They got they find a random white dude every year, and he there just goes out. It's Yaldama's on the team. I know. So like yeah, it's they. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it it is. It's not a team that we talk about on a daily basis, right? It's a team that will fly under the radar, especially with Ja not being in the picture for a while. You have Ja with the impetus to come out and uh, fit into a team structure as opposed to be the team structure, right? There's a humbling factor, I would imagine, that comes with whatever success they have. It just hasn't existed before because John Morant is bigger than the Memphis market. Like, it is full stop. Like, Memphis Grizzlies, one of the smallest markets in all professional sports, is a Green Bay Packers situation in a way. And John Morant is a, you know, signature Nike athlete superstar there's going to be a weird power dynamic there to where he doesn't have to change anything for the Memphis Grizzlies. Now he has to fit in to stick it. And yeah. I, I think that that will be good for his game. Because you're right, he, he he can be a black hole, man. Yeah. And while it's a spectacular thing to watch, it's not winning basketball. And we've seen this before with Derrick Rose, and we've seen it before with Russell Westbrook. It works for a while, and then the star implodes. Yep. And I think that, you know, it, 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 if if this 25 or whatever game suspension can allow him to evaluate the longevity of his career, uh, which is a big ask, of course. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know what kind of uh, quote-unquote work he's doing because he had a lighter, but it's, it's... I think there's a chance that the chemistry and the positive vibes that Memphis had and I think squandered away with that playoff series to the Warriors two years ago because they were just, it was just like a wine-off. It was really like unbecoming. They didn't look like they were ready for the stage. And then last year, they had a lot of success, but the Joss stuff just imploded them. I think they have a chance to get some of those positive vibes back. And when they have the positive vibes going, I still believe, despite your astute point, I still believe that they have the dudes to put up 5-0. Yeah. And if you put up 5-0, you're coming in five games over your win total and 13 to one is laughable in a parody driven Western conference well, where focus, you have the spine that you totally and fo- focus though on the, the, the 16 game team lens that, that I was talking about from, and, and from that standpoint, that's where I still just, I just playing yeah. once they get into that standpoint with, with a team like Denver, just don't see up. Now, look, we're talking about value here. So let's be very clear. Like I said, at the beginning, 
we're making this yep. draft and so the number one pick at 13 to one there's upside and and that's a lot of what you're looking for when you pick a team is just like can they even do it do i think that their ceiling is that they can make the finals out of the western conference and a large part of that more of that is going to be the 16 game lens than the, the 82 because of the fact that if we think they're a good 16 game team we're obviously assuming they can make it to the playoffs um so you yeah. really need, it needs to be really the main lens and, and only one we need to consider so I, gonna, just, I just see the dallas mavericks at 12 to 1 and the memphis grizzlies at 13 to 1 it's just right like on. yeah no now is this that, good is this good draft management? Probably not. I mean, no, the draft management is probably going Phoenix Suns three point five to one. But right, exactly. And and so there's two ways to look at this though. We're talking about comparable, you know, the comparable EV, and we're talking about yeah. just the the can the team do it. But if you have solid yeah. EV, then the only question is, can this team even actually do it? Not just oh, Sacramento's twenty five to one, but do I actually think that they yeah. can win a four games, you know, seven game series? So a lot, a lot, of, a lot of shade towards the Sacramento Kings, and every number that I've seen. I mean, I, I understand that they had, uh, they didn't get an better. unholy amount of health last year. Yeah, they didn't really count. lose anybody. Like, <laughs> and, and I mean, there, there's there's supposed to turn made. to shit overnight. But no, no, there, there's an argument to be made, but I just want, let's let's put them up against the team that I'm going to pick first, which is the Suns and just go that route yeah. real quick. And then we'll go down yeah. the list that way. But like yeah. the Suns are plus 350. And at the end of the day, like I do like the moves that they made. They're 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 signing a lot of a lot of people, but I, I think yeah. they're enough. Right. And I think the questions that you have about this team are not even really how much do they care in the regular season? Because if, if their three best guys play 60, and I, there's a fourth one in there, by the way, that DeAndre Aiden, that's not a bad center that we just sort of glop Agreed. over too often. Uh, but with those yeah. three in general, like, what if they all played 65, 68 games, seven? Like, great. There's plenty of great combos in of the three that you can just have two of them on the floor and be fine. So it really comes down to me, to KD, Bradley Beal, health. How is it? Is it good? Is, is, is KD on the floor like he was when they went 8-0 with him in the regular season or 8-11 without him? Obviously, still a different team, but like when we look at the last three years for him, thirty-five games, fifty-five games, forty-seven games. You look at Brad yeah. Beal, sixty games, forty games, fifty games. So, I mean, Devin Booker's going to get some shots up. <laughs> oh yeah, oh baby, is he going to get some shots up? And and Bradley but will you, Beal, like this, what's funny about that real quick is Brad Beal was yeah. was like publicly named the point guard of the team. Two, it was like today or yesterday, whatever. Some weird you know Saturday story that's on Instagram or something. So good. And uh, my my first thought was like. Devin Booker's behind this. Like, I ain't bringing the ball up. You're passing it to me. Yeah, I can shoot it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking at their depth chart right now on ESPN, and we know that ESPN doesn't have, like, the best depth charts, but there, it's been so much movement. I, I Yeah, you have to remember, like, totally. who's on this team. It's an entirely new roster. Like, Damian Lee is, the, the like, the old soldier on this squad. Right. And it has Devin Booker as the point guard, and it's like, I seem to remember a playoff series not that long ago where uh, Devin Booker was the point guard, and uh, that ended very poorly. Yep. And I think it would continue to end very poorly. There's a reason they went out and acquired old-ass Chris Paul in the first place. It's because they knew that Devin Booker couldn't be the point guard. And I guess Eric Bledsoe could be the point guard, but Gordon. then what do you got in your backcourt? Like, this roster feels like it was put together by somebody who plays a lot of 2K. And... I'm not sure this is a cohesive basketball operation. I just, I'm not. If yeah, I have to play yeah. devil's advocate. Yeah. If I, I think the positives are you have three shot makers of the highest order, including two uh, all time, I think, great shot makers. I think Devin Booker this past postseason has cemented himself in that but, higher echelon. And Kevin Durant might be the, the greatest, you know, individual scorer as a forward since Larry Bird. Absolutely. So 
Thank uh, yeah, that's pretty LinkedIn. good. When you said a uh, uh, someone creating a team on 2K, we actually know who that person is. It's owner Matt Ishvia, who's coming yeah. and going, I have money to spend. We're going to win. Yep. I could never shoot or play offense, so let me just get right. a bunch of dudes who can and make me look good. I mean, James Jones did put together a basketball team that played in the NBA Finals a couple of years ago. Oh. He's not a bad GM. Oh. He's a very good GM. And I'd like to think that he it's still his team. But Matt Ishbia being so forward in the post-Beal conversation, being like, this is my kind of move. Like, these are the big moves that we're going to make. And it's like, dude, you realize there's a salary gap, right? Like, you realize that Bradley Beal is what? I, I, and this is, this is the ultimate question, if we're talking about the Phoenix Suns. Is Bradley Beal a perennial all-star player for the Phoenix Suns? Or is he the 45th best player in the NBA like he's been for the last four or five years for the the Washington Wizards? Because now, by the way, he's in an environment that might be a little foreign to him, which is a team with expectations. Yep. Agreed. And that's what I wanted to look at were his numbers in the playoffs, where it was a different situation because he's the man, even when he was with John Wall in a few of those series. Like, yeah. John Wall is the man, but he's the best individual scorer. Yeah, Beal was the best player shoot, on those teams. Right? Yeah. So, yep. and he played defense. Um, so, but 23, yeah. better, more, he used to anyway, we forget, but 23, yeah. four and a half, four, that, that's what we're talking yeah. about. 40 minutes per game, two and a half turnovers. That's what worries me is the, the 3.8 assists per game to the two and a half turnovers per game. That's your point guard. That's your point guard. That's your, point I mean, guard. Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe is Eric, the point uh, guard. It's by Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very different. I oh, figure yeah. Eric Bledsoe will be on this team by November. Just by Harris, that's, uh, He's he's been on the sun seven times in his career. He just goes between he just has a timeshare in Scottsdale yep. and like suburban yep. Los Angeles. Yeah. And he just and goes between the Clippers as well from time to time. Yeah, every now and again he ends up in that region. But uh yeah, he he's, he lives a nomadic lifestyle. He's George Clooney and up in the air. Um, but uh he just lives in Omaha and finds himself in different markets. But uh <laughs> regardless, like you have you have the two Lees, you have Saban Lee and you have Damian Lee, those are guys who are going to be twenty something minute players off the bench. That's scary to me because, like, they're not good. Um, and nope. then you know, Bates Diop, they're going to give him a shot. Okay, that might work. I mean, Josh Kogi is a good player. I guess you have to have him out there because he's the one human who can theoretically play defense at the wing. Um. You know, Bull Bull exists on yeah. this team now. Yeah, uh, they got Yuta. Yuta was a really good player for the Nets last year. Yeah. That that's a that's a clean signing. That that's his. He, he's KD's Jr. Smith to LeBron. LeBron goes somewhere and he's like, oh, "Yeah, you're coming with me." I like that. KD's like, "Hey, Yuta, you're coming with me. I need you to shoot. Yeah. When I tell you to shoot. You shoot. You um, go stand in that corner. Yep. I'm going to take the double team at the yep. high post, and Try then on. I don't want to have to think too hard about where I'm passing." Precisely. Try on defense. And that guy's going to knock down 44. Precisely, just like you did last year. So I, I like that as well. I think Bates Diop might be what you're looking for as that, you know, wing defender as well. I get Bates Diop. They, they, yeah. they, they have depth down low as well with, with Metu and Drew Eubanks back there now. Yeah. Behind DeAndre. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do with Bull Bull, people are start, t- starting to. He, he did the Instagram, <laughs> you know, highlight clip guy with some yeah. silly caption of like, oh, he's different or oh, now it's going to be dangerous or whatever. But that's not a real impactful signing, right? But yes, like the, the the question that I have about the Phoenix Suns is the same question that doesn't permit me from buying the Warriors 
at what six fifty to one fifty yeah or six yeah six fifty yeah, yeah, yeah. um which is okay cool I see this roster and I can envision a a beautiful world in which everything clicks for them and then I have to exist in the real world oh. with the Warriors or the Suns in which Chris Paul only plays forty seven games or Steph Curry twists his ankle or Draymond Green uh has emergency podcast business he needs to attend to for a month like the you know the real world of nba veterans and you know kevin durant and i were born on the same day i can tell you how my body feels uh, i can only imagine i haven't had an achilles surgery and uh gotten beaten up by other seven footers every day my entire life like yeah. it, it's devin booker's even a guy who's you know every year it's something right yeah. uh this is not a team that is built for even 75 games of party and warriors we know they're just old and yeah. old, old people get injured like i have pretty big concerns about that and how their matchups might look so like right? you'd like you'd like i know that it's 16 versus 82 but you'd like to see it in the regular season and you need to build some yeah. cohesion yes in the regular season so and, that you can feel good about 16 yeah i'm not sure these teams warriors sons like i'm not sure they're going to be in a position to build up that cohesion yep. they'll convince themselves oh those three weeks that we were all together that, that really got us ready but like no it didn't well let me let me let me let, that's it's a really good point and it's it's also hyper relevant to the very first point we made which is that there is this this duality between the type of team that you can be but the the key thing here is like the teams that you mentioned as teams you were like, you know, the Heat weren't the first one to do this. Yeah. But, and you listed the Warriors from a couple of years ago and even the Lakers before that. Now, 2003 Lakers, even. I mean, we go back. Totally. Now, but to that point, you could, you can find pockets within the season, multiple pockets. I mean, the Warriors started yeah. their season 10 and 1. The Lakers won, yeah. I think, close to 60 games. It was like 57, 58 games. So, like, yeah. you can, they were the one seed. Like and they 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 had stretches where AD was out, they were bad, or they just didn't make they didn't win quite as many games here yeah. and there because they sat their guys. But that's right. But, but they it, had it's so easy to look that up, right? They were it's ready. so easy to look back as the victors and say, oh, actually that was informative. Like that, it's, revi it's, it's revisionist revisionist history inherently. If they were to have failed, it would have been oh, they never got together. Yeah. Well, so we, like I, I, I I've created a paradoxical situation. Kind, kind the of paradigm is paradoxical. Paradoxical, <laughs> yeah. But do you remember when we were going into the playoffs of the Warriors a couple of years ago and yeah. they weren't winning anymore They and Steph got hurt and then they they would rattle off a bunch of losses and Draymond got hurt. They rattled off a bunch of losses. They Kurt and Bob Myers were convinced they, they were going to lose in the first round. Yeah, and then they limp in, but then it turns into that. And so maybe we're not yeah. able to predict that, but I think my main point here to relate it back to the Suns and then move on to the next team is the Suns, yeah. all, the, all the points you made are, are spot on for them with health and, and, and health and their cohesion. Will they be able to figure it out in the regular what? season? I do believe they will. And if they're even if there's even a glimpse of them yeah. as the team they could be for a total of a month, even if it's a pocket of a week here, a week there, to and they and they yeah. look like, oh crap, they just rattled off four wins against top four teams in the league. Da 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 da. They were right. very impressive. Then we get to April in the middle of April and May, you go, All right, yeah, wait, wait, wait. I want this team. I, I probably still gonna We're be talking about ceiling. Yeah. And their ceiling is very, very high. Yeah. So then let, let's go to, to who you would take next real quick. And I wonder if it's a team with, with a ceiling similar to what we're talking about here. There's three teams I'm super pumped to talk about that are left, to be honest with you. Let's see if one of them is who you take. I mean, I feel like we were 
I feel like we're violating some sort of law here. Uh, the Denver Nuggets just won the championship. Oh, yeah, the mention. And we hadn't mentioned them in any reasonable manner. Like they're at plus two fifty. Um, for the word, I'd like I, I I'm I'm of the mindset that the Nuggets are going to. Right, there's two schools of thought. They're going to come out sluggers. Uh, they already did it, so they don't need to do it again. Or they're going to come out and be like, "Fuck you!" Like but- we, we are, the, we're going to do it again just to shove it down your throats. And uh, I look at I look at their operation. And I go, if you don't think that Michael Malone is coming in angrier, uh, you don't know Michael Malone. Uh-huh. Like uh, the man lives on slights. It's it's his special case cereal. Uh-huh. And uh, I think that the Nuggets obviously are an exceptional team. I do, you know, they did they, they lose Bruce Brown. Like they, 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 a couple of guys have exited. I get that. I don't feel like they've made up for it, but you know, this is still a team where I get me. It's so, it's so uh, antithetical to everything I've believed for years and years and years, but I'm going to say this out loud. Like this is a team where on its best day, Aaron Gordon is their fourth best player. And that's the best in the Western conference. Wow. Fourth best. Yeah. Right. I mean, the MPJ is better in that sense. There, there are days like that. So and the, on those days where Michael Porter Jr. decides, oh, I'm going to be that dude, you're not stopping the Denver Nuggets. Boom. Like you're just not stop- like their ceiling on their best day is higher than the the Sun ceiling on their best. That's day. my that's my that's the question. Now I, I think either way, this is the tier one, Denver Phoenix. That's tier uh-huh. one. Period. End of list. So, no one's touch. No one's touching right. those two teams, and that's based if on everything goes perfectly. That's your Western Conference, right? Line. And that's what you just said in terms of the ceiling is that's that's why they're tier one. And now, yeah. like on, you can their... make an argument for the Suns, but you can't make an argument for anybody else. Precisely. Precisely. Now, I I want to say this though, and the reason we bring them up is because once again, this is a sports betting podcast. You're right. Typically at plus two fifty in the month. Very. Let me be very clear, by the way. We are just talking about this because I made Dieter talk about this. Neither of us are putting money on anything we've talked about here. I want to oh, be... You asked him that I've already put down the mortgage. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I even saw, wait. I, I saw that 13 to 1 on Memphis, and yeah, I go, right. baby, we're going to college. Right, right. And you were like, I can't wait another... Like, I still have to wait a year yeah. to get this money, but I can't wait another second to get this bet. Yeah, no, I need to make sure that DraftKings can hold all this cash. Yeah, for that amount of It's a bank to DraftKings. Well, we're just trying to help their quarterly reports here. But no, more it's importantly, important. I want to say that at plus 250, that is not taking into consideration how absolutely awesome Bruce Brown, <laughs> backup point guard to the uh, Denver Nuggets all season, Bruce Brown, how yeah. important he was to that team. And it also doesn't take into consideration, and hear me out on this, how Jeff important Green. Jeff Green was to that team. Uncle no, it's Jeff, true. Jeff Green played a big role. Poor Uncle Jeff. He's about to be Ime Udoka's <laughs> captain of the city watch or something because he's just an extension of the bench at this point. And he's going to have to put sick Uncle Jeff Green on the silliness that occurs when Kevin Porter Jr. decides he's going to shoot the ball after Ime said huddle up or something like that. And they're all on the line running. Jeff Green's about to whoop Kevin Porter's butt after that. So poor yeah. him there. But like, not only did you lose your backup point guard as Bruce Brown, guess who your new backup point guard is? Your re-signing of Reggie Jackson. Jesus Christ, that's your backup point guard now. So I don't like yeah. that, man. And, and Bruce... It's like, weird that he's going to also be playing for the Clippers at the same time. Oh, how he's going to be on the Clippers, exactly. But like, the, the crazy... Okay, so Bruce is... Fifth highest usage on the team. First Bruce was high, huge. Bruce was huge. Third highest in the playoffs. 
net rating X factor nine. And be a uh, I mean, just not. A, and here's the most important thing: he's not afraid of the moment. So we're talking about their no. ability in the playoffs again. I mean, I'm not saying that he's you know so important that someone like the duo that they have in, in Jokic and Murray isn't good enough. It's just that you you're in the playoffs and those third, fourth, fifth guys really matter because you're not getting seventh and eighth guys on the floor anymore. You're asking a lot of Christian Braun precisely to make a leap, and Brown, that's yes. a, perhaps a reasonable thing. But it still, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't sir. think you want Christian Brown in that position. That's exactly that was my last point about them is Christian Brown is not the answer, and and that's what they have in house right now. So it's not that I don't think they get to the playoffs and then do what they can do. We said that they're in the top tier with with Phoenix, but let me go to to my team. So I'm really excited to pick them yeah. next. Really, really excited, and that's the do Pelicans. It. Yeah, and I really want to talk about the Pelicans because once again we're talking about ceiling. <laughs> that's Zion. So what's so funny, Dieter, is let me let me take this moment to read the uh the, the tiers as I have them. So tier one we established, okay. tier two. I have the lake, I have the uh, oh I'm sorry, no, tier one, Denver, Phoenix, Pelicans with Zion. Oh, really? You're, you're buying that much into oh, they were second in the West. That is conference. my tier one. Yep, that's my tier one. My tier one is that they are better than and if you want to make them one point five, I'm just saying they're better than the, the Warriors and the Lakers. And the, well, no, the Clippers are, are interesting as two as well because they have two tiers that they're on. One's with Kawhi, one's without it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's the conceptual tiers, and then there's the actual. Tiers. Right. Like, so are the actual listen, tiers? We're assuming we're going to get what we've been seeing, and that they're hurt. And that and that's the, bringing it back to the Pelicans specifically. Like knowing what we know right now, and with the with the use case is the use cases being Zion doesn't play more than twenty games a season. Right. Where, where what do you think of my twenty to one? For them, because I I like what I have enough with him in that roster. If he's because Zion's a top five scorer in the league when he's in there, you're 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 yeah. not stopping. I mean that makes that makes CJ McCollum so much better. Brandon Ingram's already, yeah. in my opinion, closing in on top twenty, probably top twenty five in the league right now. Um, yeah. And so with, with Herb Jones, right? Yeah, you got you got about, and the uh, other dude. Uh, who I became in love with, Trey Murphy, last year, because cool. not only of his obviously threes and shooting, uh, his threes and dunking, but his defense uh, really stepped up for them. So, I mean, look, uh, I, I just got to mention, by the way, UConn fans, Jordan Hawkins is not an NBA player right now. He's a yeah, no. project. I watched him in the summer league, and he, I just, I, I'm not going to go into it too deeply. It's just really disappointing. <laughs> Dyson Daniels, also, if you're looking for stuff from him, I'm great. He scored 17 a game against summer league comp. Also, not really there, but like not Herb hard. Jones, Najee Marshall, Larry Larry Nance as your you know three guys off the bench. This is a team, by the way, that didn't have Jose Alvarado down the stretch, and right. like I I know we shouldn't be like, what about Jose Alvarado? Like that's a big deal, but like that's a big deal yep. for that team yep. because he can operate and he gives the team juice and an identity. Um, with him and Herb. Herb, who is no nonsense, but like as good a defender as there is in the league. Agreed. Uh, with Alvarado just being a pain in the ass, and that dude who's just impossible to get around, and then like here's Zion, like you know, oh Brandon Ingram's right there, like lulling you to sleep. Like th- there is, this is a team that can come at you with a couple of different looks. This is a team that has. Two guys, really three, and certainly each of them in their moment is as good as anybody in the league at their position at just going to get buckets. Uh-huh. Like Brandon Ingram, you give him, give him the ball. Like he's yep. going to, like, it's Kevin Durant and like Brandon Ingram. Yep. Like there's not a lot of dudes. Yep. And Zion Williamson, um, 
doesn't make any sense. Just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he just goes out there and like gives you twenty eight on like fourteen of fifteen shooting, and, and never went to the free throw line. Yep, and like CJ McCollum is forgotten about, but like CJ McCollum can still get buckets, man. Like he's not a great player. He's not. He's always that fringe all star guy. Yep. He's never going to be that. He's never going to get back up into that tier. Maybe if the Pelicans are really good, but like even so, he, you know, he'd have to be second fiddle as opposed to third and all this. But like, he's still a dude who knows his spots, knows how to put the ball in the bottom of the basket. Like, they're a really well coached team. We both like Willie Green. I, I, I have hesitation Lovely. on reading too far into. They were they were second in the Western Conference when Zion played. They are an unquestionably better team when Zion Williamson's there. They're also a very different team when Zion Williamson's there. And it has to be noted, it doesn't feel as if everyone really likes Zion Williamson on the New Orleans Pelicans. And and that's that's um, what I wanted to mention briefly was that the on the one there's two hands here. The one hand yeah. is Zion's has he was in summer league. He was in Vegas. He was at the games. He was on okay. camera. He was answering yeah. questions. He was something did he look? I didn't watch any. He, he's a big boy, man. Uh, he's never going to look small, but he didn't look overweight. Look. There are times when he looks. There are times when you're like, "Oh shit, I got that Ozempic, baby." Yeah, and uh, you're like, "Oh, it's on now." And there are other times when he looks like he's literally going to bend the floor. Yeah, which I, I've seen a photo of him doing. Yeah, yeah, no, I that that's fair, and he was not doing that at summer league, and that was partly probably why he was able to feel so comfortable showing face <laughs> like that. Um, mm-hmm. But he he answered the question. Did anything else happen to him this offseason? That's the thing that he was answering questions about. Were those things that you were intimating? Some of them were promiscuous, and some of them were just naughty because he's eating too many donuts. So both of them are ben- eating beignets, sir. Let's not apologies. <laughs> be, the, the beignet, le beignet. <laughs> Uh, but he he's he, he's answering those questions and and showing up. So that's the ceiling. That he's there. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 negative here and and where where I look at it is all those awesome sexy players that we just named like not very many of them shoot three pointers and I can yeah, they, yeah. worry about that because Trey Murphy CJ McCollum not a three point shooter for the no, he's a mid range because he's a small guard he's just a shooter no he's actually a mid range player Trey Murphy yeah. is their best three point shooter Brandon Ingram can not a three-point shooter they don't have a lot of catch and shoot precisely and jordan hawkins was supposed to provide that and i am telling you yeah. folks they might be in trouble now the the, the potential is that he's because he was trying to do a lot and he's such a he was such an athletic player in college that you'd think he would be able to do a lot with fringe nba players and g-leaguers but no like he got knocked off his line every time maybe he'll be less is more is my point right maybe if he's just asked to be a catch and shoot guy for a while till he bulks up and learns how to drive to the basket straight line then he'll be fine but I think they're that they're just a wildly interesting team because of that. So, for the next team, can I pick your team for you? Do you want it to be the Clippers and we just talk about them real quick? Yeah, let's talk about them because you, you pick uh, it up. At some point, it has to like this is it. Let, let's be clear about that. They spent this entire offseason asking everybody in the NBA, uh, "Would you like yourself Paul George? Like, we will give you a Paul George if you would like a Paul George." And everyone in the NBA is like, "Nah, we're we're good without the Paul George." Like. We can appreciate the Paul George, but from a distance. And uh, the Clippers are like, well, shit, okay, I guess we have this. And then, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to Kawhi at some point before training camp starts. And he shows up and he's like, I'll see you guys in seven weeks, Um, which is how he starts every training camp. Where it's like, I had secret surgery. And it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Like, it's always a secret. We assume. Um, How secret was it, Kawhi? 
Yeah, like Kawhi just goes to San Diego and gets surgeries. Uh, Like, I'm not terribly thrilled with the rest of their roster. I think each year, because of their salary cap constraints, it just gets a little bit more attrition. But they continue to have two, well, one for sure, but in theory, two, Things that when you get into a playoff series, you need one of, and they get two. They have two. And that's a wing who could put the ball on the floor, knock down shots when the shot clock's running down against anybody, and you can throw on the primary ball handler, the primary bucket getter, and they can get stops. They have two of them. And, and there's five of, five players on the court at times, so that's that's 40% of the people on your team on the yeah. court, and according to my math. So you can put as many Zellers as you want out there. Like, you have two of them. And, uh, you know, you can, you can <laughs> find yourself a Gordon or a Bledsoe and you're fine. Like it's. May I offer you a Plumley? I mean, there's a Plumley, a Zeller. I mean, what a, down the line. And so, I mean, again, I'm not thrilled with the rest of the roster, but there is now for the first time a level of impetus, right? Like they it's it's got to happen now. Right. Now, I, I've never questioned Paul George wanting it. He just keeps getting injured. I can question Kawhi Leonard wanting it. Um, now, at the same time, you ever watch like late Wizards Jordan highlights? Totally. Yeah. So that's Kawhi Leonard today, and uh, it's the same thing. You can watch it, and you just go, "Oh no!" So I'm not going to bet them, but. At 10 to 1, there is still a world in this parody driven Western Conference where they got those two guys. Those two guys decide, yeah, fuck it, I guess we'll go win a title. And they go and do it. They got Ty Lu, who I've never been more wrong about anybody than Ty Lu. Ty Lu is really, really good at this. And uh, it took me a long time to get the ball rolling on that. And since it started rolling, it has not stopped rolling. And it's not just, you know, overcorrective stuff. Like every every year he maximizes. And I'm just I'm very curious, very curious how he maximizes this team. But you know, ultimately it comes down to can they get fifty games with those two dudes on the floor together in the regular season? And can they get the full sixteen or twenty five or whatever yeah. in the postseason? And if they do have those two guys operating at some level of cohesion, understanding what they're about. We're not even going to bring the Harden aspect into this. Uh-uh. Um, then, yeah, then there's a real chance. Yeah. It's going to be hard to pick against them in any playoff series yep. if they have those dudes. If they add James Harden and still have those two dudes, which I have a very difficult time conceptualizing, but I, I suppose it's possible Uh I don't know what that would look like, but I'd feel like the number would go down. Yeah. No, you're you're darn tooting right about that. I would say if I first of all, shout out Mexico, uh, Missouri. It is yes, Tyloo. If I'm James Harden, not that I not that he's ever shown uh cleverty for self awareness, but like yeah. why do you want to go play for Ty Lu? You didn't want to play for Doc Rivers. He's not there anymore. So why would you just go to like another stern but in- better basketball mind if we're talking about coaching but in-game adjustments and the like 
but still like yeah. why would you want to go to that so that's silly if he's there i'm not i'm not putting you stack that right now i'm just talking about this team and, and the last thing that i would say about the clippers agree with everything you just said everything you said was absolutely spot on i do like the addition of Kenyon martin jr as an explosive player that they haven't really had just at least somebody who's like playing above the rim for the first time for them like watching Zubak play below the rim for the whole time is it's a nice change of pace even with a Plumlee in there who's who's coming in but the, I like my my main point is I do like what they have around them uh more so than I think I've ever liked it since they got there to be honest and even including like having a Lou Will or what have you because I do think Terrence Mann is a, a nice uh, a nice player off the bench when you let him play I my, my main thing is like I kind of wish he was the starting point guard and Russ wasn't there and they had gone all the ways but I still think Russ is, is, this is one of the very few teams that you can put Russell Westbrook on and he's not going to sink it to the bottom of the ocean. That's, that's, that's yeah, he has a lot, he has a lot of value on a team where you don't know if you're going to have your two best players every night because Russell Westbrook He'll shoot doesn't it. have to lie to himself some days. Yep, exactly. He tells himself every morning, I'm the best player on the, some days, some days he is the best well, player on the team. True. And you know what? It's good to live the truth for a while. <laughs> Everybody needs that level of refreshment. Yeah. Especially when they've spent their basketball, at least the last ten years of their basketball career, in disillusionment. So, uh, can I can I can I ask you before we get out of here? Totally. How do you feel about the Thunder? I was, that's the last thing I wanted to close on. We're 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 very in, uh, in sync right now, so I'm I'm happy to do that and then say bye 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 to you. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander. Let's start off with him. Awesome, Josh. Gidding. What kind of what kind of MVP odds can you get on Shea yeah. Gildas Alexander yep. right now? Very calm. I'm on DraftKings right now, so that's that should have been. The first thing we talk about with him, um, and we go to awards. And if I'm getting anything better than seventeen to one, boom, what a hammering! Oh, baby, what a good number! You're so close. Twenty, twenty. Yeah, I figured it's twenty. Might be able to shop it. I was going to five. Yeah, uh, what's a long shot? Like, like, what's that world look but, like where he is the MVP of this league? Well, that means that the Oklahoma City Thunder have won fifty games, which is a ten game improvement which is a very difficult thing to do, Big. especially in a Western conference where I think on the macro level, you have to take unders on win totals. Yeah. Because like even Houston and San Antonio are going to get theirs. Yep. Like Utah is objectively shitty team in the West. They're not an objectively shitty team. They, yeah. Right. Like they'll get, they'll give you really tough games. Great. Like, I like Utah's over. Me too. Um, but there's going to be a lot of things that have to go under just to, to make sense of it all. And you're going to have, I, I don't think we'll have a 50-game winner in the Western Conference. Right. I think that we're going to have a morass of teams between 48 and 43-44. Yeah. And I, I think that the separation between the one seed and the 10 seed is going to be like three and a half games. Not that. For not that similar for last year, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to even be more. More stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of that will just has to do with teams not getting their act together. Can Oklahoma City make that kind of leap in that kind of environment? Unlikely. They're fucking good. So good. They're they're my like, they're my number one league pass team. Tell you that. No question. They're they're first pick. No question at all. Yeah. Uh, Shea. Shea had an MVP caliber season last year. Yeah. Statistically speaking, you can't find me five better players in the NBA than Shea Gilch Alexander. Um, he stopped shooting threes and just became the man. And there's no reason to think that won't continue. And in fact, because he stopped shooting threes, what if he were to just have those again? What if he were to just go back to that uh, now that it's not the primary part of the game? 
but now that it's a sprinkled in thing, there's a world in which he's, there's a, a very easy to conceptualize, difficult to actualize world yeah. where Shea Gilders Alexander goes for 34 points a game and the Thunder win 50. And you're looking around and you go, are we going to give it to Giannis again? Are going to go back to back with MB, like Steph Curry? Like, it, and we all, it's a narrative award. We're all going to get bored and everyone's just going to go, well, fucking give it to that guy. He just went for 34 and his team made a 10 point leap into the fourth seat. Like, give it to him. We just did that with Joel and B to a degree. We just totally slightly different reasoning, but we just went. Well, I don't want to give it to that guy. Jokic stopped trying in February, and yeah. Giannis has played enough, but like he didn't have a great start to the season. Their team, whatever, whatever. Well, screw it. Joel's been coming I mean, for it. Give it to listen, Joel, right? Jokic, Jokic will probably have the best statistical season again. Sure, but Jokic will never win the MVP again because it won't be a totally outlier there's no statistical season it's gonna have if he and and he he just received the equivalent of an mvp by winning himself a title as if like that it's bestowed upon him like a title the reason that he didn't win three straight mvps this is an argument i made to you and anybody else who wanted to listen like you can't give the man three mvps before he's won a title yeah now that he's won a title they won't give him a third mvp so it, is it fair? I never said it was fair. I never no. said it made any sense. I'm just telling you how it goes. I, I and I'm, I'm done betting on those awards for that reason. But I, the last thing I'd say there is like Jokic could. There's a world where he like doesn't win one for like six years, and then in like six years or seven years from now, he just has another awesome season. They lead the league or whatever, whatever. But like it's yeah. not likely. So, but to, to finish to finish the OKC point, the the the, the, the wor- I, I agree with you in in what the the fine the finality of that season needs to look like for them to win for him to win the award. I think he's so he's so ripe for it, and and they're they're so ripe. Like fifty to one is my main point. Fifty to one for the West, and like you might as well like not I mean not might as well at the finals at that point because they're still like a hundred. They were one hundred fifty to one at one point, which is like give me that. But the the yeah. the, the fifty to one is 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 based on you know if if it does happen, it's it's not necessarily who they got. It's just that they already have so many good players in house. They all just made leaps at the age of twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, and the addition is Chet Holmgren, who comes in and I have a legit center, defensive center, who he's, he seems to be losing some of the sort of guard stuff, which is fine. He needs to be playing a little closer to the basket anyway at this point. But uh, yeah, I think I think just to end it on OKC, like love that team and there were a year early on this, but like at fifty to one, yeah, like, why the hell not, right? Well, people would have said that about the Warriors in 2015. People right. would have said that about, you know, the Bucks when they, I mean, maybe, maybe not the Bucks because they were knocking on the door. But like, it, it, it's better to be a year early than a year late. Like, people didn't think that Denver had done enough to make the leap, right? They were yep. the first round exit the year before. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's just a bit too much. Yeah. If they had made the play in last year, uh, It'd be so much easier, and in fact, it would be kind of gauche. We'd be like, "Nah, it's too right. hot. Everyone's on OKC's junk." Right? Maybe we're getting in because they just barely missed it. But you made me realize, but like, you need to wait. Yeah, because they haven't paid their dues. They didn't get their licks, and that's such a great point about making the playoffs that that might make me more, you know, in, inclined to bet on them. Which is like, even the Dubs when they won, they were early, but they had what two years of losing to the Spurs. They lost to the Clippers. They were in the postseason. They had a seven-game series. Yep. So. And like you can make the jump if you got fifteen games under your belt. Yeah, like I. But the intensity of the just having to play two way basketball is such a foreign concept. Yeah. Totally. And having to lock in on defense, like it's not going to be a foreign concept to Lou Dort. But like 
Chet Holmgren is going to be a Way forward, fucking forward concept too. Yeah. Um, now, I'll take their over. I mean, I think that I think that what was there? What are they at? I think they're at forty-two and a half. I mean, that's more or less what they had this right. past season. Exactly. Yep. I'll take that all day, every day. Right. I think. I think. I think that OKC is not is better than a. Pl- I think they're in the regular playoffs. I think they're a top six team. Agreed. Yeah, it's forty-three and a half. And so I think, yeah, if if if, if they win forty-eight and Shea goes bananas and they're the biggest surprise and no one else takes it from him. I love that uh, that that twenty to one for him right now. Cause yeah, I'm, I'd go I'd go M, I'd go MVP and I'd take their rope. Yeah, I don't think that and goes, that would be that would be my OKC bets for the year. And and these two and those two bets actually are bets that like are worth getting in before the season starts. To be honest, because if they rattle off seven wins or you know shies uh-huh. in thirty five, oh, yeah. it's a game like you got to hit that now the twenty to one. So I mean, legitimately, the best MVP bet that you can make is Zion Williamson. At the same time, I don't think because of all the weird stuff that's happening. Like every, by the way, every year since Zion Williamson was drafted, I put down money on Zion Williamson MVP. And every year for about two weeks, I go, I am the smartest man alive. And then there's the other 50 weeks of the year. And it's when I bask in self-loathing. <laughs> this, 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 this will be another year where I'll do it just on principle. Love because it. he is, he is, when he is doing it, the best player in the NBA. True. But he's like a fucking solar eclipse. Yeah. And, uh, or a lunar. I don't know which one's more common. Both. Uh, any sort of eclipse, and so uh, I'll do it again. Do it again, man. But I don't think that anyone's going to want to give him MVP I'll after all you what, I'll of. Tell you what, buddy, I'll book you on that one, and we we can close out the show with me and you. Would be staking you, and we we take this Zion bet. Just take Zion, Zion, and Shea Gilders Alexander MVP. I love it. By the way, Shea Gilders Alexander is going to win MVP. And uh, the the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be a true playoff team, and Paul George is going to get traded. <laughs> Love it. I'll just be here for just it. as the ultimate, the ultimate. Yeah, you messed up. While the while the Thunder literally don't know what to do with all their picks, like yeah. they're like, we can't. They can't. We, I guess we'll just give one to Denver for free. No, I like, why not? Cannot think of bigger bigger robbery, like a, a more egregious just theft. Oh. Oklahoma City is in such great position yeah. now too, because of the new CBA. All these teams are afraid that they're going to lose their first round picks, and so they're accruing. I mean, Denver's already started on this. Yep, um, they they're accruing second round picks yep. in future years, or getting ahead of it where it's somebody else's pick. Yep, and Oklahoma City's just sitting there and being like, "Oh yeah, that's what the the uh, the the Suns just did today. They they traded campaign to the Spurs for like three second round picks, and they gave up one of theirs." It was like, yeah. oh, we just gave really good bad picks for good picks, and and their second rounders and the apron and blah blah blah. So yeah, yeah. no, it's it, I'm I'm with all of that. But let me let you get to bed, man. You need to uh, wake up super <laughs> early and use your voice again. And we can't take all of it from the sports leader out in the Bay Area, right? So I mean, you could. They they need it though, man. So I appreciate you jumping on though, Deets. And uh, I mean, take it real quick. Like, is there anything you want to plug specifically? I'd like to plug uh, my 43 and a half over for the Knicks. I'm very in on the Knicks over 43 and a half. Dieter, I've cursed on this podcast like five total times, including like maybe two on this one. The I other did it like three, 10 times already. Whatever. The other three were when I was talking about the, the Knicks. I, I just, I can't do it. I, I started using phrase like when Quinn Grimes misses layups uh, and it just, my, my blood pressure went back up. So I'm over, I'm over on them. Over 43 and a half. 
you don't think a Tom Thibodeau team's going for 50 wins every year. Of course. They're going hard. Yeah. And then they're going to flame out. The, of course they are. But Jalen Brunson, I said it before they got right as they got him, and I'll say it again, is already my favorite Nick of all time. And and at least the second, if not, the best point guard in the history of our team, of our franchise. I'm going to let you run through the, the, the list of point guards, but after Walt Frazier, it is bleep. Yeah. It's bleep. It's, uh, it's Mark Jackson. It's Tris Childs and Charlie Ward. And Charlie Ward. Pablo Prigioni, Argentine. Yeah. So at any rate, I'm going to close things out here for you, dude. I'm going to say dude. thanks for coming on. Much appreciated. We, I'm going to make you do it again. Soon. Would, would you be more inclined to come on for NBA or NFL next? Post, man. I don't love that shit. Hell yeah. Got to get you away from the father duties. All right, perfect. Rad. Just continue to follow along here. As always, I got to say, follow that podcast link, all the other stuff, like and subscribe, yada, yada. I'll be coming back to you with a few more things here pretty soon. So until I see you next, happy betting.